take a note, dude. Dear Electric Vehicle Council, the real world's lawyer just called. Apparently, reality is filing for divorce. How else do you contextualise this thought bubble about getting one million EVs on Australian roads by 2027? Logan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars! <coughs> Australia only. Website. Card. Now, I do loves me a good lobby group press release. You know that by now. Anything from a group calling itself a council, which is not actually like a local government, or a chamber, which is not actually encapsulated inside some sort of, you know, glass, whatever, arborium. They're the best. They really are, because they cloak themselves in this language of virtue, these grubby little lobby groups, and they want you to think that they are in some way official and... They're not. They're really just up there with the wheelbarrow and they've got the agenda in it and they're running uphill, but they're very well funded, so they've got the good shoes and the personal trainer and all that. They're actually making good headway against gravity. So this one from the Electric Vehicle Council of Australia is great. 100 companies lead the charge for 1 million EVs by 2027. It's trouser TP stuff, is it not? Bayhad Jafari is, of course, the cheese of the EV Council of Australia. Big Jaffa, as he would be known. Were he a rapper, like a really successful one? He's not. He's seen here, actually, standing in front of a mixmaster, perversely and presumably, I'm inferring, in Charlotte's office. I don't know why. Location is everything, though. He's holding a list of those 100 companies, and this is really, really interesting. Do you reckon Bayhad could also pass himself off as like a pirate? Like one of Jack Sparrow's compatriots, if they do a reboot of that franchise? I think he could. Now, some of those companies, they're kind of interesting. Who exactly is leading this charge for this ambitious goal of one million EVs by 2027? Yeah. AGL, which of course operates nine hydrocarbon power plants. <laughs> Memory serves. Delta Energy is among these centurion of planet-saving virtue peddlers. Uh, Delta Energy, of course, recently granted a two-year exemption on oxides of nitrogen emitted by its Vales Point power station on the New South Wales central coast. So that's kind of interesting. They described that, of course, Delta Energy as not an environmental issue. That's almost big tobacco speak, isn't it? Anyway, Origit Energy is another one of these virtue peddlers charging headlong to a million EVs. Origin is, of course, a major supplier of coal-fired electricity as well as methane and LPG. How can they look themselves in the mirror and be part of the Electric Vehicle Council? I guess money talks. Literally, Ausgrid is there as well. They're the maintainers and operators of the grid, which would, of course, collapse if we just went 
Harry Potter and got a million EVs on the road and everyone went home at five o'clock and tried to recharge them, so that could be fun. Now, Transurban is there as well, the great taxpayer leech. They're giving it to you both ways, dude, and you're not even getting lubrication or a reach around, so it's nice to see Transurban in the mix, yes, virtuous charging to a million EVs. And they've got to stop doing that. This powering ahead and leading the charge and amping up, and it's not clever anymore. Jesus, just saying. Custom Fleet, SG Fleet and Pepper Money are there too. They really are environmentally virtuous, aren't they? Or perhaps, just thinking, they just want to write the finance for all of these pretty high-priced EVs that are coming out at the moment. Could be that. There's a little company you've never heard of there as well called MSR, Motorsport Safety and Rescue. Most motorsport, of course, is hydrocarbon powered and MSR's recent specialty is managing press fleets and press events for car companies, the majority of which are hydrocarbon, obviously. So they're leading the charge as well for these million EVs. It's amazing, isn't it? Big Jaffa now. What does Big Jaffer actually say about that when he's not, you know, pretending to be a pirate or a rapper? He says, we know Australians want the transition to electric vehicles to speed up. Do they? I suggest, no, they don't, Big Jaffer. People vote with their wallets, of course, and when you look at the actual sales figures, Ranger, Hilux, D-Max and Land Cruiser make up four of the top ten vehicles being sold in this country at the moment and they represent 51% of those top 10 vehicle sales despite being only four vehicles. So what Australians actually want are big filthy CO2 belching diesels. That's ontologically true. That's what they buy, must be what they want, must be the vehicles that do the job or satisfy some other primal urge for them. Just saying. There's a lot of virtue signalling here, but when the money actually comes out, you see what people want. Of course, when you look at those other vehicles in the top 10, there's only one vehicle in the top 10 currently which is even available as an EV, and that would be the MGZS. And only a Beesdick proportion of its sales are the electric one. Most MGZSs sold would be the combustion one. There's that. And then there's other big, fat vehicles like CX-5 and Sportage, which are both pretty nice vehicles, but not available in any kind of Enviro-flavoured context. So there's that. Now, to get to a million vehicles, a million EVs on the road by 2027, we'd have to sell 50,000 next year and then double it up. That would be about a 100% increase in sales, incidentally. And then we'd have to double it again the year after that. So 2024, we could sell about 100,000. And then 25, 26 and 27 inclusive, we'd have to sell on average about... 275,000 EVs, which would be more than one in four vehicles sold to get to a million. So do let me know in the comments how feasible you think this ambitious press release actually is, because I'm voting off with the fairies. 13 points out of a possible 10 for off with the friggin' fairies, and not in that village people way, incidentally. Let's hear from... 
Sinead Kaufman. You've never heard of her, I'm sure, but she's the lithium boss of Rio Tinto. And here's what she said, speaking at an industry conference on battery manufacturing, lithium supply, things of that nature, about eight weeks ago, back in September. I think that was in WA, but don't quote me on that. She said, quote, Battery materials in Rio Tinto has really been dedicated to trying to build at scale a portfolio of mining assets across lithium, but also other critical minerals and battery materials. And we see, as others do, an enormous demand for lithium as a building stock for lithium ion batteries. Forecasts show that light electric vehicles will make up about 50% of the light vehicles on the road by 2030. This all sounds very plausible to me, okay? She goes on, which means that lithium consumption needs to surge way above anything that's currently been planned to be mined. So they don't know how they're going to get it out of the ground to meet the demand. She goes on and she says, with every project in the world that's projected to come on, we'll still be short by 50% of the amount of lithium that's required to build the electric vehicles. So my question to Big Jaffa would be exactly how the fuck is this plan even feasible? How can you inflict this plan on the public? How is it not divorced from reality? I mean, I ask you, it's fine for these energy companies, you know, these origin energy and Delta Energy and AGL and these finance companies to greenwash the shit out of themselves by getting behind this plan. But when you've got an executive at the top of Rio Tinto in this emerging field whose only objective is rip those minerals out of the ground and sell them to factories that make batteries, and she's going, with every project in the world that's projected to come on, will still be short by 50% of the amount of lithium that's required to build the EVs. Like, come on. Reality called, right? Big Jaffer again. Australian business understands that transport should be doing its share of heavy lifting on the path to net zero. <laughs> At least he didn't say carbon was the enemy. I suppose we should be thankful for small mercies. If we don't put a big dent in our transport emissions by getting more EVs on the roads, it will put unsustainable pressure on other sectors like farming, manufacturing, construction, mining and energy. And energy. I'd suggest, well, I wouldn't suggest, I'd say that the energy sector is the national greenhouse disgrace in Australia. It just is. Like, roughly half of the country's greenhouse emissions are from coal-fired power stations and other forms of so-called stationary energy, right? If we got out Harry Potter's friggin' wandy thing and changed every car to an EV right now, every light vehicle in the nation to an EV, there would be a reduction in greenhouse emissions of 8%. So if we don't do our heavy lifting, how much pressure is this actually going to put on the energy sector? And wouldn't this comment perhaps, I'm just putting it out there, could it perhaps be motivated by the fact that there are all those coal-fired, hydrocarbon-burning bastard organisations 
as members of the Electric Vehicle Council and among this list of 100 companies that allegedly lead the charge, electrical metaphors need to stop now, for 1 million EVs by 2027. Could it just be that? Just putting it out there. It's always nice to be sceptical and just sort of look at what might actually be the motivation behind the statements that organisations like this make. So, big jaffer again. If we get this EV strategy right, I don't see it as a strategy. I see it as a bullshit claim that we'll just get a million on the road by 2027. You've got to be kidding. 100 companies, million EVs, 2027. That's not a strategy, dude. It's just not. The opportunities are enormous, says Big Jaffa. We could be employing tens of thousands of Australians, building batteries, chargers, cars, buses and trucks. Yes! Uh, awesome capacity to manufacture. We'll be cutting pollution from transport and doing our fair share to combat climate change. And we'll be reducing our reliance on foreign oil by using Australian energy to move. Yeah, but what's the strategy? How are we actually going to do that? Because I'm just not seeing it. Like, we can't get the EVs we want right now. And we're only selling like 30,000 a year if we have a really good next couple of months, you know? Come on. And I'd also suggest that Australia has been such a powerhouse of automotive production, has it not? Like, it always ends so well. I remember sitting in the office right up the top of this skyscraper talking to this senior executive in one of the top car makers in the world. He was like the boss of one of the top car makers and he kind of... I was interested at the time because Holden and Ford were looking pretty shaky and we were doing a TV interview for Channel 7 and I was just shooting the shit with him while the crew was getting set up and I sort of talked to him about Holden and Ford and what are the production economics and he said, we won't put a factory anywhere unless we can sell 300,000 cars a year into that market. That's the magic number, apparently. Or it was back then in about 2010. So I doubt that we could make anything like that number of vehicles here. I mean, Holden, Ford and Toyota were not making 300,000 vehicles in total across their three factories when local manufacturing was quote-unquote healthy in this country. So this business about we could be making cars and trucks and batteries and buses and Christ knows what, it's a nice idea, but I think that ship has sailed, don't you? And I hate it. I really wish that we had a thriving manufacturing sector here in Australia, but we don't. And starting with cars and buses and trucks, that's really hard. It, ju it just is. That's not how we get the manufacturing sector back. It's, it's just not. And of course, building those batteries for which there is no known way of getting the lithium out of the ground, which is one of the core building blocks of them. So wouldn't it be lovely to set up a whole battery manufacturing industry in Australia at the arse end of the world relative to global demand for batteries and then not have any input lithium into <laughs> the factory? That wouldn't be like a total waste of time or effort, would it? So there's that. Now, finally, on the same press release, there was a quote from a dude named Steve Amor. This is a legend quote, too. It re 
It really is. He's the product marketing manager, Australia, of ABB EV Charging. And he said, ABB Australia wholeheartedly supports and agrees to participate in the proposal as part of the collaborative EV industry to assist in developing an Australian EV strategy and policy to encourage, promote and support the transition of Australia's wider vehicle population to electrification with the ultimate goal of having one million electric vehicles on Australian roads by 2027. New record, Steve O. It's 57 word sentence, dude. You don't see that very often. Thank fuck. I'd suggest that what ABB EV Charging really wants to do is just install a shit ton of typically unreliable EV chargers wherever possible and hopefully with as much taxpayer funded backhander as some grubby little lobby group or other can arrange with their coal-fired members. That's probably the real agenda in play there, but 57 words, dude. One of the fundamental rules of composition, obviously, is just use simpler sentences to get the point across, you know? Like, if you were down the pub with your mates and somebody said words to the effect of, to assist in developing an Australian EV strategy and policy to encourage, promote and support. Are they not all really the same thing? Strategies and policies to encourage, promote and support. I mean, we could trim that. We could break it up a little bit, get the message across. I could probably get the message across in, I don't know, 25 words and everyone would get it, you know, like I'm just saying. Now, do let me know in the comments because I'm a fan of EVs. I drove one for a year. I'm not Mr. Combustion EV hater. I'm just not. I'm all about the right tool for the job, okay? And EVs have some real virtues. Clean air for our cities, national energy security for our nation. That's, they're powerful arguments for EVs. And unfortunately, EVs tend to be pretty expensive. Like the cheapest EV you can buy in Australia is 50 grand. It's the MGZS base model. EV, right? And it goes up from there. Like, if you want an Ionic 5, which is also a really nice car, I just spent a week driving one, it's going to be 80 grand. Like, the one I want is going to be 80-something thousand bucks, and they sell them like they're friggin' limited edition Nike Air Jordans, and you have to go online and hope that you get in, and there's a thousand other people bidding and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's undignified. What we need is the cheap, shitty EV that goes about, you know, 50 to 100 Ks on a charge and it's kind of nasty, but it can be nasty because all it has to get to is the shops and back and the school and back and the train station and back and like that. But we're not doing EVs right. Nobody is. They're all coming in at the premium end of the market. The mainstream affordable EV for middle Australia to be the runaround car doesn't exist yet. And if it did, it would sell its friggin' tits off, even if it was only four stars on safety and pretty nasty and didn't have all the plush features. Who gives a shit? You're only going to be in it for 10 to 15 minutes at a time doing all of this little satellite running that your Hilux or your Land Cruiser is fundamentally shit at. So let me know in the comments whether we should have the Chitois EV as a matter of urgency, just so we could leave our utes and whatever 
at home for the run to the shops and the station and let me know how viable you think this, I hesitate to call it a plan, but this proposal, let's be kind, to get one million EVs on Australian roads by 2027 is. I'd be fascinated to hear your take on that. So over to you, dude. Thanks for watching.